This is our believers meeting for anyone who's new. We're glad you're here. Believers meeting. There's a description on our website if you want to know what that means. I don't have time to explain it. Other than we just come and flow and see what the Lord does. And we're not really in a hurry to go from one segment to the next. It's just I'm sensing God's presence right now. So if we just stopped right here and sat for a little bit, I'd be okay. (laughs) Uh, It's just, you know. That's what we that's what we live in. There has been something stirring in my heart, though, uh, kind of building, kind of building throughout throughout um, the afternoon. Um, and so I, I'm going to just start talking about it and see where it goes. Is that okay with everybody? And we'll 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 see what happens what happens there. Um, but the thing that's been stirring in my heart and and building through the afternoon, which honestly, when it's there, I don't necessarily know that it's going to end up being the whole service or part of the service or, or what. But it has to do with God being our provider, God being our, our provision, Him meeting our needs. has to do with, with, with finances. Anybody ever need any money? <laughs> and so some people, uh, they think, some people might think, ah, yeah, but I can't say that in church because I feel bad about, you know. No, you shouldn't feel bad about that. <laughs> money is not an evil word. Uh, it's not a it's it's a not a four letter word. It's five. Uh, <laughs> uh, and how many know you can be spiritual and uh, and still recognize that you need money in this earth? Yeah. And uh, and and so God's got a good plan for that. And I, as I was thinking about these things, recognizing that well, obviously we all need to be um, wise and and spiritually educated on the subject all the time but I recognize the Lord wouldn't I don't think the Lord would deal with me in one of these Wednesday night services uh, to go and talk about that at all unless there were individuals that were really needing some help and some answers regarding that subject and and and, and needing some things to get in order in their life God wants to speak to us not only for immediate and present tense need but he also talks to us concerning things to come he'll he'll show us something today even if uh you know whether there's an immediate or present need or not but so that we have our house in order to handle what's coming to handle what's coming down the road what's about to happen you know there's some things going to happen in people's lives tomorrow yeah there's some things going to happen in people's lives next week and uh, and next month and next year uh, God's aware of them. Thank God He is. And in His mercy and kindness, He helps us and helps to prepare us so that we will be ready to face and to deal with and, uh, and, and be ready for Him to use in the coming days. But also, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a number of individuals tonight that are in, you know, in situations where you need answers from God now. And so as I was thinking about this, I think in logical things, logical terms, and and of course I love to teach the Bible and explain, and so as I think, I I put things, things start coming to me in lists. Uh, I say they start coming to me, I don't mean to over-spiritualize all my thoughts, but I see things that way, and I see things, okay, what, what's, uh, what do we need to understand about prosperity? What do we need to understand about our needs being met? And all of a sudden I'm going, okay, this, 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 I'm thinking, Yikes, that's like a series. (laughs) 
And, uh, and so what are we going to do tonight? Well, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, let, let me give you my, let me give you my eight points real quick. And then we'll see what we talk about. All right. I thought, first of all, um, if I'm going to have the complete picture, maybe if you were to pie chart it or something, if I'm going to have a complete well-rounded understanding and view of God uh, when it comes to my needs being met and my prosperity, then I'd, I first of all need to know the nature of God. I need to know God's nature. And uh, well, why don't I just start talking about some of this and then we'll just see how far we go and maybe I'll tell you them all even if I don't explain them all. But the nature of God uh, is not poor. The nature of God is not scarce. It is not get by. It is not barely make it. You and I should know this about God. We should know this about our Father. Okay? That He does not think like poverty-minded people think. When He thinks about you, he, His desire and goal is not just that you would barely make it through. That you would barely have enough to cover your head, feed your belly, clothe your back, and, and that's it. No. Of course, our attention isn't to be on fleshly or physical things, but that's just not how God thinks. We could say that in a thousand different ways, but you can look at it by looking at heaven. Uh, I don't think you'll find any Christian who would, who would believe that in heaven we're, uh, that we're all going to you know, be homeless and live under a bridge. You know what I'm talking about? And in, in, in heaven, you're, it's barely going to be enough. We're going to be rationed out, you know, whatever we eat there and stuff. Uh, no. What, what do we think of? We think, well, that, that's the place of, that's the dwelling place of God. It's abundance of everything. I mean, his streets are paved of, with gold, we see in the scriptures. We, uh, we see about Jesus talked about mansions, and, and, uh, and there's, it's just a place of abundance, abundant prosperity. Now, if God didn't like that, he wouldn't make his own house that way, <laughs> his own place that way. He'd have made everything, you know, kind of a dull gray. <laughs> you know, I, I was visiting a friend one time in California years ago, and, and he had moved to a place that I'd never been, so I had directions to his, uh, had his address, and he was kind of telling me how to get there. This was a little bit before we all had GPS on our phones and stuff. And, uh, and he told me, go here and go here and turn here. And he said, go down, and it's the brown house, uh, you know, down on the right. I got on his street, and every house was painted the same color. <laughs> same trim, same roof, same... <laughs> and I'm just laughing. The brown... And the thing is, he was serious. <laughs> I think he thought his looked different than everybody else's. <laughs> I don't imagine that's... A, I think God's probably a little more creative than that. I think that was cost-effective building of just kind of doing everything the same. One bucket of paint and you can do the whole whole neighborhood. <laughs> but, but again, that's not the way that God thinks. And, you know, sometimes people feel like you can never have, um, you can never have anything extra in this life because that just means you're, you know, you're materialistic or something. Well, that's not true. That you can never have something extra, something beyond your need. I mean, really, those who push that are really hypocritical. Because I tell you, every, uh, pretty much everyone has something extra. What, what do I mean by that? They have, they have more than the, the set of clothes that's on their body right now. They have more than one pair of shoes or they, they have more than one can of food in their pantry. You know what I'm talking about? They, they have more than one comb. And, you know, 
I mean, that, that, I mean, we're surrounded by things that are more than needed for survival. And so, just to think that God is that way, oh, bare minimum. No, He's not that way. Okay? sooner we think that way, the, the less we'll have trouble in prayer, in trusting Him and walking with Him. less we'll have trouble thinking that, that God is always trying to keep us back and hold us back from having too much stuff. Okay? Listen, if all of the body of Christ thought that way, then how many know missions would be non-existent? Churches would be non, pretty much non-existent because everything takes money. Everything takes money to, to send things out. There would be no television outreaches. There would be no, uh, n- nothing going on. It would greatly ham- uh, hinder the, the, the gospel going forward if everyone believed that. And the problem is too many people believe that. And so the gospel is hindered. It really is. But if we all thought like God concerning things, uh, we would uh, operate in a greater level of abundance personally. And then, of course, ultimately, it flows through us. It really is. And, you know, I know there are some people that are in the world today because they, I mean, it's their, it's their own decision. They've got to make the right choice. But they did get turned off to Christianity because, uh, because of the idea that, that our God wants everyone to be poor. And because some have, to have taught that and have encouraged that, and, and, and they didn't want that. And so, but the thing is, whether, whatever we think about that person or not, that's just, that is a misrepresentation of God. It is. And so, you know, when you read in Scripture, there's some different words that are used, different names of God. Uh, one of them in the, in the Old Testament is uh, back in, in Genesis and it's the word, the Hebrew word is El Shaddai. Anyone ever heard that word? El Shaddai. Typically it's said, we say it this way, it is, He is the God who is more than enough. Not just enough, but more than enough. He's the God who's more than enough. Um, this word, uh, the definition of that Hebrew word El Shaddai, which is the Lord, it means one who is mighty to nourish, supply, and satisfy. It is one who sheds forth and pours out sustenance and blessing. It is the all-sufficient and bountiful one. Now, now, now how would you like it if that was the meaning of your name? <laughs> and that's pretty good. You know, uh, I like to say it this way. God's name is El Shaddai, not El Chipo, right? <laughs> El Shaddai, the bountiful one, the all-sufficient one. The God who's more than enough. It, it's actually interesting. The, the word El um, is the Hebrew word. It, it's translated God. Okay. And the word Shaddai. Shaddai actually literally. Uh, um, it, it actually means breast. Okay. And, and it's kind of a, kind of a unique, unique thing there. Uh, in fact I wrote this, this scripture down. Uh, Genesis 49 and verse 25. Uh, it, it says... By the God of your Father who will help you, and, and by the Almighty, or Shaddai, who will bless you with blessings of heaven above, blessings of the deep that lies beneath, blessings of the breasts and of the womb. And here, here's, here, here's the picture. Uh, when, when the Lord is referred to the all-sufficient one, it's the baby, the infant, that gets all of its nourishment and everything it needs to thrive, to survive, and to thrive, and to grow from the child's mother's breast. That mother, the mother is the all-sufficient one to that child. 
and, and, and likewise, we are to view the Lord in that way. He is the all-sufficient one. Everything we need to, to survive and to sustain us and for us to thrive and flourish and grow and get all the nutrients and everything we need in life is to come from El Shaddai, is to come from our God. Okay, And that's really what he wants. Uh, you know, sometimes we read these words and we say the, the, the Hebrew words or sing them in songs and we just kind of cruise on by. When you understand the language and the language that these things were written in, um, certain words have certain meanings and every time you say them, you think, He satisfies. Every time you say the name of God, He supplies. He's sufficient. He's more than enough for me. He supplies my every need. Come on. I mean, I think it could be helpful if sometimes we uh, substitute some of the words we use when talking to and about God. See, we've got numerous names, but what if for, for a week you stopped calling Him the Lord or stopped calling Him God or Father and you called Him the, uh, you know, the, the All-Sufficient One? Or, you, you know, you called Him El Shaddai with revelation of what that means. You called Him the One who nourishes and supplies my life. What, what, what would that do for us? It would stir up our minds by way of remembrance. It would, it would stir our faith in the supply of God. Everybody with me now? It's just like if someone uh, were having physical problems, what if you addressed the Lord for a period of time as healer? It's not incorrect. It's absolutely true. He revealed Himself to us as our healer. And what if every time I, 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 I worshipped you, instead of saying, Oh, Father, I worship you, I glorify you. Or every time I prayed, instead of saying, Father, I just come to you today. I just said, Oh, I worship you, healer. You are, you are my, my healer. You, you know, and every time I prayed, I addressed him. Healer, I just come to you today, thanking you for my food, thanking you, you know, praying, praying over your food and different things you do, and just addressed him as healer. What if you did that for a while, for a week or two or a month or longer? Well, maybe there'd be a consciousness, a remembrance of that aspect of God who's infinite, who's multifaceted, He does many things, but that part of Him came alive in us. You see, sometimes people don't know, uh, they don't know the Lord like they ought to know. I don't know that I know the Lord completely like I ought to know. There's so much more I can learn of Him and know of Him. But, you know, e even, even using the word God can be somewhat impersonal. You know, how many know the world who doesn't even know Him, they can talk about God. In Jesus' day, He ran into some opposition when He would talk to the Jews and to the religious leaders because He referred to God as Father. He referred to God as His Father. And that wasn't something they were used to saying. Huh? And I wonder today sometimes if when, when, when Christians pray, and every time they pray, it's God. It's God. Well, you know, that, that reality should be present in our life, that He is our God. But Father is a little more personal. And again, we can talk about a number of things. Again, you can substitute 
whatever you need, whatever you need to be strengthened in, whatever you need to be reminded in. If you have need in your life, you have, you have some finances, some you know, bills and things like that, and you, you need El Shaddai in your life, then talk to Him as your great supplier, as your need meter, as the all-sufficient one. Amen. And so we get firmly grounded in God um, uh, in any area, and then the reality is, is, is that's when faith is present. Faith, you know, faith in God doesn't come by focusing on faith in God. Faith in God as my provider comes by focusing on my provider, on the all-sufficient one. Then faith is present. It's natural. It's normal in that atmosphere. I look at need. I look at want. And I have faith in need and want. But I look at Him who loves me and supplies for me every day. Then those things become a reality. And so, uh, many of you know uh, scriptures like 3 John verse 2. At the end of the, the close to Revelation there, 3 John 2 says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. I always find it, find it interesting that e- even in Christian circles... People will, they will study secular books about making money. They'll study, you know, secular books about investing and how to increase your prosperity and riches. And, and, I, and, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But when you start studying scriptures that talk about riches and prosperity, then, you know, all religion breaks loose. <laughs> you know, all of a sudden, ah, you're one of those. You're one of those prosperity people. Well, I'm just reading the Bible. Why is it okay to go to Barnes and Noble and study it, but I can't study it when when it's thus saith the Lord? See, there's a lot of twisted thinking when it comes to this. And if I'm going to really have God supply my needs and and take me up uh, in 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 prosperity and financial things, I, I've got to be cool with the fact that He likes to talk about the subject. He really does. He's got a lot to say, both on the warning side and on the abundance side, the blessing side. Both, both sides of this, this equation are, are, are very important. Another, another one of those names that uh, we see in Scripture, not only the, word El, the name El Shaddai, but there's another one in the Old Testament. He is called Jehovah Jireh. Jireh. J-I-R-E-H. Jireh. And uh, that's one of his names. That's one of the ways he revealed himself to people uh, as Jehovah Jireh. Now, that's an interesting word. We, we typically will say it, again, like we, have, like we do for El Shaddai, the God who's more than enough. Jehovah Jireh, we, we say, the Lord is our provider. Right? He provides for us. And that's true, and that's an ac- accurate way. And again, we could address him like that for a while. Provider, I just thank you, you're with me today. That, you know, and we can worship the, the, the provider and build a consciousness of him in that way. But this is one of those uh, words that um, it, 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 when you break it apart, it means this. Um, Jaira, well, Jehovah means the, the self-existent one who reveals himself. Okay, Jaira then, it, it doesn't... The, the literal translation is not provider, but it means to see. It means to see. And the implication is, is Jehovah, or the, the self-existent one who reveals himself as he is the one who sees ahead. 
And that's where when you understand the full meaning, you get the understanding that He provides. But how does He provide? He looks ahead. He sees the need before the need is present in order to make provision for it. All right. That's why if you've ever come up on a situation that kind of caught you off guard, seemed like out of the blue, where in the world did this come from? All of a sudden this hits me or this blows up, this breaks down, I lose this job or, you know, something goes on. Here's something you can take comfort in because I realize those things aren't comforting. What you can take comfort in this is that God was not surprised. Doesn't mean he did it. Doesn't mean it's his will. But he's not surprised. Now, how does that take, how, how does that give me any comfort? In this, in this, I, I can recognize that God, in seeing in advance, has already made uh, a, a, a way of escape from this difficulty. He has already provided my need. I just don't see it yet, but He sees it. And He provides for it. You know, uh, the example of this in Scripture in Genesis is, is, is when... Um, uh, Abraham was told to give up his covenant child and sacrifice his son Isaac. And so you, you, some of you may know the story. They make the trek uh, up into the mountains for a few days. Not like that thing in the, that was on TV recently. That was totally wrong. That Bible series. <laughs> if you didn't see that, good. Uh, no, not that it's all bad or anything. It's just not all biblical. <laughs> Even though it says Bible on it. Uh, but he, he, he goes up there to sacrifice his son Isaac. Remember that? And then, uh, of course, he's ready to do it, to obey the Lord. It's a type and shadow of the Lord Jesus, of course, being sacrificed as the, uh, God's only son. And, uh, and, and then, then the Lord speaks and the angel, and, and, and he stops, stops him, and he doesn't sacrifice. And then right after that, you remember, he looks up and there is a ram caught in the thicket. And so they have this altar back then. That's how they, they would make uh, offerings and sacrifices and offerings to the Lord, burnt offerings to the Lord. And there, all of a sudden, there's this ram in the thicket, and, he, and the Lord is there revealed as Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, our provider, or the one who sees ahead. And you can see that in all that situation. When did the ram show up? I mean, did God beam it in? And all of a sudden, there's a ram that after Abraham stopped, then there's the ram. Or did the Lord know ahead of time that the ram would be needed? And so, I don't know, where was that ram the day before? Where was he a week before? Tell you what, he was getting ready. <laughs> In other words, the Lord was leading... This ram. Because why? He sees ahead. And he provides. And so the ram's going through his day. But there's more happening than he realizes. And at the, at the moment, I don't know how long he was there. But at the moment when he's sticking his head in something, looking for something. And uh, <laughs> he was being set up. <laughs> why? Because God's covenant man was about to need him. And so the Lord made provision ahead of time. I wonder what's out there right now for you. Now, if you follow this all through, it is important that I follow the Lord and do what He told me to do. So I'll be there at the right time and I'm listening to Him. And when I look up, there it is. So there's our part of the equation. 
But I can be sure of this. If I'm following the Lord, doing what I need to do, I'm going to run into stuff. I'm going to run into good opportunities. I'm going to run into things that will be like, wow, what a coincidence. You know, how did that happen? My provider. He knew I'd be there. Why? Well, he told me to be there. He directed my steps. <coughs> he ordered my, my life. And right at the right time, I look up, and right when, I, right when I have the need, there it is. And the Lord had been working on it for who knows how long. How old was the ram? You, I mean, you can really go back. And that ram may have been led around for a year. I don't know. And at the right time, it's there. And when you get to the, and when you, you're following the Lord, pay attention to Him and listen to Him because He'll never lead you into, into lack. He'll not lead you astray into, into poverty and, and you know, a, a deficiency of, of, of food and clothing and shelter and, and, and the things that you need in life. He'll lead you because He's devising divine connections. And you'll go and you're doing the right thing and you're serving God. And bam, you make a connection and, hey, that relationship leads to this and leads to something else, leads to a job, leads to an opportunity. You know what I'm talking about? See, this is, the, this is, this is some of the way the Lord leads us. And, you know, and, and don't despise even the smallest of things. I mean, the Lord could lead you to, uh, to call someone, to pray for someone. The Lord can lead you to serve in the children's ministry. And in the middle of the children's ministry, you meet someone and you become friends or, and, and they introduce you to someone else and all of a sudden you've got a new job. All of a sudden, you know, and it never would have happened except you followed your heart, you followed what the Lord dealt with you about and that connection was made. So how, I don't know how significant some of these little leadings the Lord might give me are. I don't know, how, I don't know what they're going to lead into or nor do I know what I'm going to miss out on if I ignore Him. Ah, turn on, turn the volume up on the TV. <laughs> What's that, Lord? I don't hear anything. <laughs> and it may not be any big deal. It's like, well, I still love God. I'm still in fellowship. I'm still saved. I know, but that's not the issue. The issue is, I have a life. I'm going to have a tomorrow. I'm going to have a next week. I'm going to have a next month. And the Lord is constantly guiding us through our lives to get us to the right place so our needs will be met. Amen. Now, if, 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 so, if some of you are starting to look back at all and think about things in your life, say, I totally blew it a number of times. Well, thank God there's repentance. <laughs> uh, there's change. There's forgiveness and, and God's mercy. And, and he, can, he can turn things around even if we've blown it, because we all have. Right? We've all made mistakes and done things wrong. And you haven't blown the rest of your life because you weren't at the right place to see the ram in the thicket. There'll be another ram. There'll be another thicket. All right? Um, anyway, uh, God wants to supply for us. That's a, I was going to go through my list, but that's just number one. I had a feeling that might happen. <laughs> uh, complete prosperity picture really includes, though, it includes the nature of God. Know Him. I mean, I've only scratched the surface. That is the, the nature of God. You know, think, look in your Bible with me at 2 Corinthians 9. 2 Corinthians 9, it's, if you've studied this, it's, it's pretty well known when, 
It's commonly used during offering times at church and, and things because it's, it says some things real well. It's not talking about the tithe here or, or supporting your local church. But, I mean, the principles there work. But what he's talking about is they were receiving a special offering for the, the believers at Jerusalem. And Paul was talking to him about having it ready ahead of time. And then he made some pretty cool comments about our attitude, about our heart when it comes to our, our giving. Um, but I just want to look down here at, at, the, at, at the, um, the eighth verse. It says in Second Corinthians 9, 8, it talked about before that, you know, giving abundantly and so forth and not sparingly. He says, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. See, notice the heart of God there. That you would always have all sufficiency in all things and have an abundance for every good work. I mean, that's good. That'd be, that'd be worth meditating and, and looking at for a while. Especially if you've got bills piled up or you've got needs, you've got things going on. He, he's your El Shaddai, He's Jehovah Jireh, He's your Father who loves you, your supplier, and He is all able to make all grace abound toward you, so that you always have all sufficiency in all things and may have an abundance for every good work. Come on, say it out loud with me, I have, I have. Uh, let's see, <laughs> let me say it right, I always have, I always have. all sufficiency, in all things and in abundance for every good work. Yeah, you could say that about yourself. Help to stir, your, stir you up by way of remembrance. Let me read this to you from a couple uh, translations. Moffat says it this way. God is able to bless you with ample means so that you may always have quite enough for any emergency of your own and ample besides for any kind act of others. See, that's what the Lord means when He supplies your need. The Lord supplying your need does not mean barely make it. Barely make it. No. Over the top. The, the Knox translation reads this way. God has the power to supply you abundantly with every kind of blessing so that with all your needs well supplied at all times you may have something to spare for every work of mercy. See, this is, a, this is a picture of biblical prosperity. What God means, means you have more than enough for your life to the point where you're always, you always have something to give. To a person in need, to a ministry, to a, a worthy cause, you, you're always full and you have something extra. All right? Now, if you've ever been in a situation, maybe at a church, there's a special project, like a building fund or, you know, or, or something, or, or, or giving to a, a special speaker or, or whatever, and, and you, you thought, I just don't have anything to give. You wanted to, you didn't have it. Understand, that's not God's best. Now, that can, that can happen for multiple reasons. It is possible and this is down on my list if I really go through it, it is possible to have God bless you and provide for you and supply your need, but you spend it all on the wrong thing. It is possible for someone to blow their prosperity. Just because someone is broke doesn't mean God didn't supply. All right? And so uh, that, that's what it, that's the Knox says. Phillips translation reads this way. After all, God can give you everything that you need so that you may always have, all, have sufficient both for yourselves and for giving away to other people. 
Enough for yourself and enough for giving away. This is good, huh? I mean, think about if everyone in the body of Christ, we all have this revelation and live that way. Yeah. I mean, and that was the reputation. That was the reputation of Christians. I realize Christians are at all different levels of, of things going on and, and uh, maturity and knowledge of this. And, but think about it. If we could have a whole lot of people, they always, their needs are supplied. They're not materialistic, but they have nice stuff. And they always have something to give. Always have something to give. Yeah. Uh, amplified Bible. And God is able to make all grace, every favor, and earthly blessing come to you in abundance. So that you may always, under all circumstances, and whatever the need, be self-sufficient, <coughs> possessing enough to require no aid or support, and furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. I know sometimes people want to define uh, think words, biblical words like prosperity and say, uh, well, how much money is prosperity? You know, is a million dollars prosperity? Not if you need five. <laughs> You're broke. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? That's why there's no, there's no dollar amount on it. Some say, uh, I got a thousand dollars. Maybe that's, if it's a thousand dollars more than you need, you're set. What do you mean? Your needs are met and you have a thousand dollars to give away. But if your need is a, is, is a hundred thousand dollars, you're not prospering yet. <laughs> right? And so, and so we don't kind of put any kind of numbers on that, uh, things like that. Um, but prosperity, when it, really when it comes down to it, it has to do with ability. It means to succeed, but it has to do with ability. It has to do with options. You see, when I'm broke, I have no options. I don't have a lot of choices. I, in one sense, I don't control my own destiny. I'm forced. I must do this just to make it. But the more I'm walking in the abundance of, of God, I have options to do things. Okay? What? Lord, you want me to go on a... There's a missions trip coming up. You want me to go? I'm there. Why? Because I can. But if I'm broke, I can't do that. And now this is not to make anyone feel bad about it in a present tense condition. We've all been there and whatever. That's not the issue. But this, it's, it's, to, it's to see the heart of God. It's to see if I'm not there, God's not fighting against me. He's not keeping me in a, in a, in a broke position. All right? He's looking for a way to lead me out and lead me in, in a way where I can not be concerned about, about physical needs and just be a vessel that He can use and flow through. Amen. And so, uh, uh, anyway, um, you know, God's pretty rich Himself. And, and if He's so rich, why, why would He want His people to be broke? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. It's like if I got a gazillion dollars and I want my kids to be broke. <laughs> no, that's not how things work. <laughs> Parents want to bless their kids. Want them to be better off than they are. And, uh, and so that's number one. <laughs> <laughs> number two. Now I'm not going to comment on all these things, but I'll go, we'll give you, give you the list of the things I wrote down today. Uh, this complete uh, prosperity picture includes His will for our lives. And includes His will. We can see that coming out of His nature. But we must understand His will. His will. And, and we can read numerous scriptures. Scriptures have, like in the Psalms it says that He delights 
in the prosperity of his servants. And how many know we've been elevated in the new covenant beyond servanthood? We still have a servant's hood heart, but we are sons and daughters of God. We're not just working for him. We're in the family. Huh? And if he delights that his servants would prosper, how much more his own kids? Yeah, and so, and so we should know the will of God. The, the, the will of God. I need to understand what my father wants. And, and when we don't, we don't understand his will, we think his will might be for, for us to just uh, barely make it or things like that. It really hinders our faith. No, number three, um, I wrote this down, that redemption from the curse. We need to understand redemption from the curse. And then that what goes along with that is the knowledge of blessing. In other words, c- poverty is a curse. Scarcity in life is a curse. That's not the blessing of God. You won't see any of it in heaven. You didn't see any of it in the Garden of Eden prior to the fall. You didn't see that there was never lack. There was never scarcity. Uh, that is a curse. And you, as you read sc- through scriptures like Deuteronomy 28, you'll find out when they would break the law that the, the curses were listed that would be added to their lives. And you can see that some of that was they were going to suffer financially. They were going to have hardship. In other words, a, a curse of poverty is, is when everything you're, you're, you put your hands to, you know, turns to dirt. <laughs> In other words, nothing really works for you. You work, you toil, you, you give your energy to things, and it just doesn't succeed. Prosperity, on the other hand, is, is that. It, it, it means to succeed. It means things are going to work. When the blessing of God is working in your life, uh, things work for you. Your job works. Your, what, what you put your hand to works. Things come together. Now, now understand this. Um, I'm not going to explain too far. The blessing of God, the promises of God that, we ha- that every single one of us have, they are positional. They are covenant. But the practical application of those doesn't seem to touch everybody. But it's not because God doesn't, God's withholding it. It is possible for someone to spiritually be blessed, healed, prospered, have peace and joy and victory and overcoming position, but them never tap into that. That's why we talk about it. Because if it, if it were automatically a, a, an experience that all Christians have, we wouldn't even have the scriptures, the promises. We wouldn't have the teaching, the discussion, because it would be like breathing. It's automatic. The reason we talk about it is because the blessings that we have because of redemption, meaning we've been redeemed from poverty and lack, and we live now in the blessing of of Abraham. Uh, The reason we uh, we talk about it is so that what is a spiritual reality can come a, become a practical reality. In other words, I see it, I get it, I understand it, and now I expect it. All right, and so uh, and and so we, complete prosperity involves redemption from the curse. And I, really, when I'm talking about our knowledge of this and our knowledge of the blessing, that really all of us can say we are blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. All right. Uh, number four, I, I wrote down this that this is involved in in God meeting our needs, and that is faith for provision. Faith for provision. How many know God's a faith God, and everything we receive from Him, everything that He gives and grants to us freely by His grace, must be received by our faith. 
God's grace is His hand reaching out to us, and our faith is our hand reaching out to Him. And there's a connection that's made of everything, every good gift and the things that come freely from God. There's a connection made when we say, I believe that. I'm going to act like that's so. I'm going to act like this is true. All right. And so it's necessary for us to have faith for provision. Now, when we get into that, when I say some of these, these latter ones, uh, faith is not just something uh, that is idle or just resident within me. Faith is something that can be seen through activity. All right. Faith is shown in giving. Faith is shown by taking steps and making actions that will put a demand on the resources of God. It is Peter stepping out of the boat. There's got to be something here that holds me up or I'm going straight down. But I'm going to put a demand on the power of God because Jesus said come. I'm going to put a demand on the power of God by stepping out of what is physically holding me up to something where the power of God has got to hold me up. And when we say, I have faith in God to provide my needs, where's this? Where's I'm going to step out of what I know is holding me up? I'm going to step into where God has to come through. And if He doesn't, stinks to be me. <laughs> But you know that He is, and that's why, you take, that's why you take the step. You know that He is faithful. You know that He will provide. Okay? But it's easy to say, I believe in God's Word. I believe God supplies my need. And, and don't get me wrong, it's fine and it's sometimes important to meditate on that and think about those things and, and thank God for Him, worship Him. He's my provider. But eventually, faith in God means I'm getting up. And I'm going to do something. And if he doesn't come through, it's not going to be good. But I believe God, he shall do exactly what he said he'd do. Hallelujah. I heard someone say one time, it's better to be a, a wet water walker than a dry boat sitter. <laughs> you know, because Peter did actually go in the water. <laughs> but he had it going for a while. You know, and at least he had some good things going and probably learned a lesson in the middle of it. And uh, praise God. Uh, the fifth thing I wrote down is, is faithfulness to God. The c- complete picture, what does it include? It includes faithfulness to God, meaning my life, I need to be faithful to do what God's told me to do. If I say, oh, the Lord provides my need, then I'm off doing my own thing. And he, just, he leads me to do, He tells me, instructs me to do something, and I ignore that and I go do my own thing. I'm not being faithful to Him. I'm not being faithful with what He's given me. If He, if he leads me to give, and I say, ah, well, no, I'm free because I'm in Christ. I'm not going to give. I don't have to do anything because, you know, Jesus was my sacrifice. I don't have to give up anything. And I'm just going to believe God. No, you're not. That's not believing God. I've got to do the right thing with what I have. Okay? Faithfulness to God, uh, as you study Scripture, is a big key to going up. And it is a big part of prosperity. Yeah. People in Scripture, they were fa- that are examples in this, like Abraham. He met the ram because he dealt rightly with what God told him to do. The Lord said, go do this. He did it. And he ran into God's provision. Okay? Number six, I wrote, and this is, 
uh, they're kind of close, but it is stewardship of his resources. Stewardship of his resources. See why I said these are, this is like a series? <laughs> you know, all these are really rich statements, and, 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 and there's a lot, lot there. But the complete picture involves stewardship of his resources. We talked about it recently on a Sunday uh, during the offering time. Everything I have is not mine. Everything I have, I don't have. It's God's. I'm using it. It all belongs to Him. I belong to Him. My body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. I've been bought with a price. I, you know, everything I have, everything I am, all belongs to the Lord. When I have recognized that, then I start managing instead of owning. And He lets me use stuff. Lets me live in a house. Lets me drive a car and, and, and eat cheeseburgers and, and, and milkshakes and stuff. And, uh, but everything, it's all the Lord's. That means He has access to any of it at any time. And that mindset, you know, that's tough because your flesh wants to be in control and have and own. It's mine. Uh, but it's all the Lord's once you become a Christian. But the good thing about that, here, here's the reason why it's not fearful at all. It's because God is a God of abundance and He loves us. Why would I be afraid? Is God going to tell me to give up everything and leave me in the, in the, in the gutter? If he tells me to give up everything, he's got a good plan going here. Huh? And he's going to take care of me. You know, when Jesus told the rich young ruler to sell all that he has and give it to the poor and follow him, that wasn't the Lord telling him, I want you to be broke the rest of your days. <laughs> it wasn't, the Lord wasn't telling him, uh, you know, you're just going to suffer and be without. The Lord's going to take care of him. Amen. And so, again, stewardship of His resources. How are you doing with what God has put in your hand? How are you dealing with what's already there? You know, uh, someone said to me once, well, I don't have much money, and so that's why I don't tithe and give and stuff. But as soon as I get to this place, I get these things paid off. As soon as I get this job, then I'm going to start. I said, no, you're not. That's totally unscriptural. (laughs) You are who you are. You are who you are with ten bucks. You are who you are with a thousand bucks. You are who you are with a million bucks. You're going to do the same thing no matter what denomination of money you have. A percentage is a percentage. (laughs) Hallelujah. So, stewardship of His resources. A lot we could say about these things. Number seven, did I tell you there was eight? Uh, this is the other thing I wrote down. You might be able to add to this list, but, you know, this is what I got for today. Uh, Number seven is priorities. Priorities and seeking first the kingdom. Priorities. You you all know Jesus, what Jesus said about that. Seek first the kingdom and His righteousness and all these things would be, what? Added to you. That sounds pretty cool. I mean, not all these things you're going to work for. Not all these things you've got to strive for. No, you just seek the kingdom and He adds them to you. Right? So, in the big picture, this is all a part of it. Someone said, I gave. I'm a giver. I'm a giver. I'm a tither. I'm a, I'm a doing these things. I believe in God's nature, and I believe in a lot of these things. I, I know, but what's most important to you in your life? Not, what you, not just what you do. It's talking about motive. Motive. How, how many know that the Bible talks about many different types of, of offerings? Um, a tithe, of course, comes on the... Uh, and most of our offerings, probably, I would say, come on the latter end of what we receive. 
meaning this, that if I receive a hundred dollars, then after I receive that, I am going to give a portion of that, right? There are other types of offerings in Scripture. I'm not saying they're mandated to us because uh, of the covenant we, li- we live in, but there are other kinds of offerings so you can see how God thinks. One of them was called a first fruits offering. You read about that in the Old Testament. Testament, You know, Proverbs says, uh, honor the Lord with your, the, your substance or first fruits of all your increase. First fruits are not after I've received. First fruits are as I'm receiving. You know what I mean by that? The, the idea in their day, most of us aren't uh, cattle people and, you know, and farmers and stuff like that, but... Uh, you get a harvest, you couldn't really give a tithe until you knew how much harvest was going to come in. Right? Because you can't figure a percentage. But a first fruit would be the first part of that harvest, whatever that was, and you would give it all. That's what a first, or if you had cattle, uh, you had a cow, and that cow had a calf, you don't know how many calves that cow is going to have. The first fruits offering would be, well, this is the first one, so I honor God with it. I don't know if there's going to be one more or ten more or whatever, but it's, it's the first. So we don't know what a percentage is in a first kind of offering. The reason I'm saying these things, I say, am I supposed to give a first? first? Well, be led of the Spirit. I, I would tell you that. But, I would, but what I want to show you is the principle. God does care about order. First is more important to Him than second. Okay? First meaning if I, even, even if it's an after-the-fact type of gift and offering, I have a hundred dollars. The first ten is different than the second ten, or the third, or the fourth, or the tenth ten. It's different how? It spends the same. It's worth the same monetary value, but it's different in priority. And there is something with God that where He values when individuals put things, when individuals put Him first, His kingdom first, not bills first, not personal desires first, not my needs first, kingdom first. Well, what if I do that? I might not have enough left for me. Well, here's the bigger concern. What if you pay for all your stuff and there's not enough left for the kingdom? That should be a far greater concern than eating. Well, what if I starve? No, no, no. What if someone doesn't hear the gospel and they go to hell? Well, that sounds extreme. (laughs) It's a priority thing. It shows us how fleshly-minded we are. We think, I've got to. No. It's all about Him. Yeah. See, I'm sharing all this stuff in the context of the big picture. And we understand the nature and the will of God and who He is and how He operates. And, you know, we understand what Jesus did for us on the cross, how He redeemed us from poverty, death, and lack, and, and, and all these things. And, and we have faith in God for provision. I'm doing the right thing with what I have. And, and I put His kingdom first. I put His kingdom first. And it really does matter to the Lord. I mean, that promise that the Lord gave is not of, of none effect. You seek the first the kingdom, He said, I will add all these things to you. It's kind of one of those things, again, if I'm not having things added to me, that would be like primary area to check up on. It's like, 
What am I doing? Because sometimes I'm doing the right thing, but I'm not really seeking the kingdom first in my doing of it. All right. And then number eight, I know this this is kind of covered indirectly in some of these other areas, but I wrote giving and generosity. Giving and generosity. It's sometimes people think, well, the the, the only thing that is involved with with God meeting your needs is you've got to sow a seed. No, that's just part of it. That's just part of it. Because God loves you whether you ever give or not. I'm just saying, when we study the Scripture, we study the whole of Scripture and the promises and the practical outworking of this, you can never take out the reality of generosity in a believer's life. Never take out the element of giving in a person's life. Really, if I'm going to have faith for provision, my, a lot of my steps of faith or my getting out of the boat is going to be giving. It's going to be being generous. That is my step of faith often. There are other things that, the, that we do. We act on the Lord's leading. But if I'm going to seek first the kingdom, it really is often going to be manifest in my giving. Amen. Now, uh, again, there's a lot here. I hope this has this is helped to some degree. I didn't realize I talked so long. Believers meetings, I usually don't. Uh, I don't think. Um, but uh, you remember uh, James? You know Jim? James chapter 4. Uh, remember he wrote and said, You have not because you ask not. And he qualified it, you ask not and receive not because you ask, you know, to consume it upon your own lusts and so forth. Uh, but I tell you, for those tonight that your situation, I mean, you see the big picture and we see some things we need to implement just as, a, as an ongoing practice, uh, a spiritual mentality that we are to have. But some say, you know, I just like need help right now. God is merciful. And he'll 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 help us out, even if I say I don't have I don't have all of these things in order in my life. Throw yourself over on the mercy of God. I mean, the curse is broken, and the blessing of God belongs to us. And so, ask, ask, Amen. Let's go ahead and pray uh, tonight, and uh, and as we're doing, as I'm praying. Um, Know that God wants you to be taken care of. It's not His will that you be without. If you need, if individuals need, just need uh, greater income every week and every month, or need jobs, or just have debt that needs to be paid off, help in these areas, let's call on the name of the Lord right now. He hears you when you pray. And He is your help. He is your Jehovah Jireh. He is your El Shaddai. And let's let Him... Uh, just, you know, make a connection with Him. You're always connected, but in, through communication tonight. Father, we love You. We thank You. We magnify Your name. We thank You for providing. You are our supply. You are our all-sufficiency. And Lord, we trust You. Throw ourselves over on Your mercy and Your grace. We thank You for, for Your provision. We thank you for your help in time of need. If we have not because we ask not, Father, tonight we're asking. And we thank you that you're faithful. You hear us when we call. And you answer us as if we're 
your very own. You hear us all. And so we draw upon you. We draw upon your resources. We draw upon your your, your hand. We thank you for providing for us and blessing us and paying off bills and debts and and bringing our uh, having our every needs met not just barely not just so we'll get by but so we'll have an abundance and overflow and we can be a blessing to others so we call upon you tonight and Lord we ask you we ask you for needs met for bills paid for job opportunities for open doors for divine connections Lord help us today to see the ram in the thicket Help us to see that you've already made provision. You've already supplied. You've already made a way for us to be provided for abundantly. And Lord, we thank you. Father, thank you that you love us. Oh, you are our provider. You are the God who's more than enough. The all-sufficient one. So we trust you today. We trust you. We're going to rise up and live and act like it's done. Because it is. And we give you all the praise, all the glory, all the honor, all the praise that's due your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.